Welcome to chapter 25 of Only Half the Story podcast. This is where we interview the most passionate of the passionate people of those who are in the pursuit of achieving their goals and dreams. On today's episode, we have Grant Shapiro, and he is someone that is taking the term vagabonding to a whole new meaning. After graduating from the University of Arizona, Grant has traveled abroad for an extensive period of time and has definitely come back with lessons and stories to share. Full disclaimer, this episode may make you want to quit your job and hop on a plane. It was that compelling. So let's get this party started. This is Only Half the Story podcast. My name is Andrew Haft, and let chapter 25 begin. Grant Shapiro, welcome to the story. Very, very, very excited to have you here. What's up, man? How are oh, you? Oh, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for the little introduction and uh, happy to be here. Literally just met you today. Gotta yeah. love that. Let's give a quick shout out to the one who made this possible. Miss Butterly herself. Miss Butterly, Butterly herself. Kudos to her. Thank you for having that. And I uh, got to listen to your guys' podcast and it was great and inspired me to, thanks for connecting and now we get to do this and this is fun. Yeah. This yeah. has been fun. So... For context, we, we went to U of A together. Yeah, we did. Bear down. Bear down. I want to say like 90% of my guests come from U of A. It's a great crowd. Great crowd. Everybody <laughs> has a story to share. All right. Exactly. We're doing good things. We're doing good <laughs> things. Maybe not at the time, but now today we're all doing some good things. Exactly. <laughs> at the time, we were probably degenerates. I would I would label myself as a degenerate, 100%. No, no. <laughs> That's putting ourselves below that type of radar. We were, we were thriving back then and thriving today. Keep thriving. Exactly. That's the goal, right? Exactly. But, um, man, so some people out there may not know who you are. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just give a high-level introduction of who you are, what you're all about, what yeah. people could expect as they uh, listen to this episode? Yeah. You know, I appreciate anyone who's reaching out and listening to this episode, but my name is Grant Shapiro from Los Angeles, North Hollywood, from the actual city of LA, and it's a beautiful place. Born and raised out there, then... Played baseball my whole life, and that's how I ended up at the University of Arizona, was on uh, playing baseball out there. Um, from that, got an injury, classic injury story. Class, classic college injury, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know how many guys get injured, and then, so what's the next best step? Join a fraternity, of course. Obviously. So, uh, ended up joining Simakai. It was a great time, great four years out in Arizona. Nice. And then, um, what we can expect from this show is kind of what happened to- after the U of Arizona, which was that uh, I ended up traveling a lot. Okay. Um, didn't go towards the corporate route right away. Yeah. And uh, ended up backpacking Southeast Asia after living in Guam for six months. And uh, what an experience. <laughs> I'm sure. Let's, yeah. Let's dive into that. So you were, you were a baseball player. Mm-hmm. What position? I was a catcher. You were a catcher. I was a catcher. So I was grinding and, you know, growing up, I was that stereotypical fat kid behind home plate you know like you see in the sandlot got a lot of you know jokes around there (laughs) exactly so i had a lot of fun doing that and it was a grind um but yeah i was a catcher lefty batter that's probably what allowed me to go to arizona i was was lucky enough to have the stature to be considered potential i guess (laughs) yeah well it's interesting because i think we we graduated the same year i think our freshman year 
the year, like the summer before we won a national championship. Think about how high my ego was going into college. You were probably on <laughs> cloud nine. Yeah. You were uh, like, I run this shit. We're going Get into the number one school. It was amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so, so were you like all state? all county or all american <laughs> high school i wish i wasn't that high up but uh somehow just met the right people and was grinding it out and luckily got a walk-on space at the university of arizona um took some i almost went to lsu actually for baseball um which would have been a whole different situation but would have been amazing. i hear that is an awesome school amazing school. but that's louisiana have you been to louisiana i got to go on a recruiting trip out there and Wow, it's beautiful. Uh, Baton Rouge? Yeah, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, wow. yeah. That would have been a different experience from L.A. But um, um, Far, yeah. Far from that. Far different. Um, but happy ended up at Arizona and could not be happier of the experience that I had there. Rightfully so. so. It was, uh, I felt lucky to be there. Rightfully so. So here we are, you graduated, and you said you didn't go the corporate route, mm-hmm. which is interesting because, uh, you know, I was someone in your shoes. We were in the same type of shoes, actually. There's a lot of pressure. Naturally. Naturally a lot of pressure. Um, Within yourself, within your surrounding of a friend group, and maybe even with your family. Mm -hmm. And and when you decided to take a left turn, I guess, what what was going through your mind then? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I have to thank my parents for letting me study abroad, which, you know, before I even studied abroad, I was like, how can I miss a semester at Arizona? Like, this is the most fun place ever like you're crazy for missing six months here and then <laughs> you know <laughs> like everyone's like dude don't leave like come on like oh, i'm gonna go live in barcelona that sounds fun too yeah so had the travel bug already in me and um the story goes where luckily you know it's a friday morning after a thursday night in tucson so you know how where my head may or may not be and uh, my friend made me go to the college career fair in november what a friend what a friend right what, what i was like guy. i hate you but you know now looking back at it I love you. <laughs> so ended up at that college career fair and, uh, you know, a bunch of these companies that, you know, are great companies and great opportunities out there. But Guam happened to have been at that specific show. So there was a booth because I don't know. To there was a, a booth. Of, like what it is when you go to a career fair, it's like booths, tables, mm-hmm. with recruiters. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I work for this company. Benefits, 401k, you <laughs> name it. We got it. And there's an opportunity to go to Guam. Yeah, I mean, right next to it, I was talking. I saw Guam in the corner of my eye. My friend's like, "Dude, you should go check out this table." Because right now, I'm talking to some person that was like, "Go door to door selling solar panels in the heat of Arizona." I was like, "Ah, it's funny. I don't I, know I, if I want to do that." I did that, but it was advertising. <laughs> I did that door to door though. Door to door. Man, that is one of the most grind. That's a grind. I learned. <laughs> a, I learned a know. lot. I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was worth it. I mean, yeah. It was a grind. Yeah. But I mean, I can imagine. It was fun. It was a good time. It's a good experience. Exactly. But, um, you know, I was just still off the hiatus of coming out of the travel bug. And so I see Guam and they're like, had the interview the next day, a joke of an interview. Wait, so, okay. you inter- What was going on in Guam? What that, was going on in Guam? Essentially, yeah. this booth said, beautiful lady standing in front, you know, and just saying, you know, you can go the corporate route, but we're going to pay for your food. We're going to pay for your living. We're going to give you three meals a day at the buffet where the guests eat night you're gonna have unlimited beer and alcohol and wine and they're gonna pay for your flights and it's a six-month contract and you're gonna be living the island life and my head was like huh huh that sounds kind of nice and so from that situation essentially she said yeah if you want to come in the next day we'll have an interview this was back in november and she said listen i'll give you nine months if you you know you figure else anything else out then feel free to take that job but this job will always be here and 
ended up graduating, didn't really see anything or nothing really came to me, I guess, or and I didn't really pursue anything, I guess, anything else different. And so Guam kind of just sat there and I was like, let's just do this damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, man, that, now, that flight out was... Now, that seems like an opportunity just for about anybody. It's too good to pass up. Yeah. So what what was... Like, what kind of program was this that was going to pay for your flight, pay for your food? Mm-hmm. Pay for everything. Your bills are, again, let me just reiterate, your bills literally are alcohol if you want to go out at night and deodorant. Like, there's no, you really don't have to pay for anything else out there. They pay you minimum wage, and it's a great life. Um, but, yeah, what was that question again? What, well, like, what kind of program is this uh, yeah so pacific island club it's a it's a hotel resort and essentially the interesting little niche in guam i guess is that all of their tourists are korean or japanese and a little bit of russian and it just so happens it sounds kind of ridiculous but the koreans and the japanese love seeing white people and as crazy as that is it's just a thing and so what this job does is essentially they want americans out there because they like taking pictures with us. It's bizarre. Like you go out through Southeast Asia. So you're a celebrity. Yeah. And I wouldn't say like it's nonstop pictures. It's not like that crazy, but it's just, you know, like any other advertising. You're, in the, you're in an the alien. World. Yeah. I'm an advert. I'm a walking advertisement out there. And, and that's why they want Americans in general. Um, you don't really have to be white either. It's just non-asian thing i guess i don't know that sounds a little racist but that's interesting yeah but that's the program that they want out there and so they're willing to invest in you and you get was there like a okay because now we're going to compare this to the corporate world Mm -hmm. was there like a career ladder when you were there or was it just like no man this is the program this is what it's all about we're going to go have fun you're going to work here for these hours and those hours and that's your schedule but when you're not with us go enjoy life yeah um Career there is defined differently. Um, they don't, you know, here I feel like we define career as moving up and making more money. And that's really the goal out here. Out there, there was a career goal to the sense of like, you're getting paid minimum wage. And if you decide to stay longer and you want like a captain role or a leadership role, you'll get paid an extra 50 cents. So it's not like a huge career goal, you know, momentum coming up. It's just a matter up. of how long you want to do this for. It's much, just really how long you want to do this for. How a part of their system do you want to feel? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's what you're pretty much working for. And it's really not, once you're out there, you realize like, I'm not coming out here for the money. You're, you know, we're lucky enough to be from the, the States where we get to, you know, pers- if we want to pursue money, you have all the means of pursuing that money. But you, once you're out there, you realize, well, it's not really about the money at this point. It's really just your lifestyle and what you want to do during your day and relax. Everyone out there, everyone's out there is living the island life. You know, the island life's a real thing. What's the <laughs> island life? The island life is taking your life and switching it, make everything about two seconds slower at least. <laughs> it's essentially slow down and everything is completely completely there's no rush um one of the coolest lessons i learned out there was i used to wear a watch all the time always wanted to know what time it was they my one of my one of my boys out there just said dude stop wearing a watch see what happens stop wearing a watch and something so minuscule as that and it turned out to be life-changing in a way it was it was dude where am i trying to get to all the time i'm wearing this watch checking the time because i'm worried about or thinking about what's next instead of just sitting here doing my thing and enjoying what we're doing right now. 
and it was it was just such a time ended up going by almost faster without seeing the watch it was it was a weird concept that's wild yeah and to reflect that on life in america <laughs> we're trying to get to the next place every time yeah i mean point a to point b as quick as possible if there's traffic gosh damn it i hate every so single pissed. person else who's driving at the moment they're all the worst drivers out there yeah i'm the best driver there is oh my god <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. A totally different shift. And not for everyone, though. I do want to reiterate that. Not for everyone. Because there's definitely times where, you know, you get, you know, bored might not be the right word. But, you know, you start thinking and you have a lot of time to think. And so in the beginning, that's tough. What, what do you think about? Well, the first time going around, um, I ended up, I'm going to be going back. Um, which is another story to this. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll touch on that later. Yeah, but for the point being is I did something that not any of my friends were really doing. Everyone else was working. And so there was a tough realization of trying to get through, you know, what am I going to do after this? I'm sitting on this chair looking at the most beautiful view ever, but I don't really have anything to do but just sit there and look. And so I'm always constantly thinking, you know, what career path am I going to go when I'm done with this? And what life choices am I going to make? How much money can I make? And what am I going to do after this? And I was just so, I got, it's tough. It's a, it's tough thinking about that all day for six months in a row, you know, you should, well, obviously the, I, I doubt that was on your mind 24 seven when no. you were out there. Yeah, you're right. But when it did pop up and you did kind of get stressed out about it, mm -hmm. what did you do to cope with, with that kind of pressure? Um, you know, so sometimes you're on a chair by yourself for 30 minutes at a time, you're a right? Because right? you're a lifeguard and you're switching that, out that's chairs. That's what you're doing at the hotel? Yeah, that's what I'm doing at the hotel. There's different shifts where you're a lifeguard at certain pools and then there's one that you're at the beach, which is the best shift there is because you're teaching windsurfing lessons. Did, did you ever save any lives? Yeah, you do. Um, these parents let their children go. The pools are only four feet deep, but there's babies out there and they don't put a life jacket on and they just let them run around in these waters and they come off a water slide. And you already know based on their height that they just drop right in. That's crazy. They're dropping right down and they're not coming up. It's and funny, your heart it's funny you say racing. that. I was a lifeguard in high school. and You're probably a better lifeguard than me too. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go that far. You, you, were, you were just two years on the job. You're probably pretty... <laughs> pretty fresh at, at the gig um <laughs> no That's but you, there was a, a kid pool and there was obviously the adult size pool yeah and there was more saves from the kiddie pool from anything else because if there was a toddler and they would just trip and fall mm -hmm. they didn't have the strength to get up on their own so the next thing you know they're just face down in water and you have to go run and how crazy up. is that feeling too because in the beginning when my first couple months i was always like kind of stressed out on the edge of my chair so i didn't have time to think about my career i was like i gotta save all these kids and then you kind of figure out like who's gonna need saving or not but when you start saving someone like your heart's racing oh yeah it's insane it's an insane feeling yeah i had two saves and it's kind of a funny story actually it was like i literally like how you were at the edge of your chair uh -huh. i was like posted like just <laughs> not really in it either yeah. <laughs> like i was just daydreaming there, daydreaming yep, like, it happens next thing you know like this kid is just stressed out not swimming to the best of their ability oh god and it <laughs> And literally, like, I could see he's, like, stressed out, but is he really, like, struggling? I can't really tell. Mm -hmm. Next, you know, like, I see his parents get up, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I got to do something about this. It's my job. It's my job. It's <laughs> what they're paying me for. Yeah. Jump in, and it was in the shallow water, but I was at the high stand, so uh -huh. you had to do a little cannonball. So oh, that kind of hurts. Shins. Exactly. <laughs> get a little butt flop in there. Yeah. Scoop this kid up, bring him to the edge of the pool. Next thing you know, I'm a superhero. I might have gotten a raise. Probably not, but it was <laughs> sick. Expected. It was sick. It's a Def great feeling. 
definitely bragged about it to my buddies. It's a crazy feeling. The yeah. whole rest of the day, you're like, I just saved a human's life. Yeah. I'm getting paid out there to go save lives while I'm out here just kind of getting a lot of money. And what am I really doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. All right. So here you are. We're in America, for those who may not know. We're not in Guam at the We're moment. in San Francisco, California. We're in the Bay. Yes, we are. Bay Area, baby. And you're in the corporate world. I'm in the corporate world. Likewise. Mm-hmm. So from the corporate world day to day, and obviously life in Guam is probably polar opposite, pros and cons to each side, maybe, maybe not. Always. But what's your perspective on life here versus life there? Um, interesting question. Um, just to give some background, I kind of, I'm from LA and I got back from Guam, uh, traveling Asia, backpacking Asia for six months after that, after that Guam experience. And then I had 10 days to move up to San Francisco because this job kind of found me. And... I kind of rushed up here and just kind of threw myself into it. And it's now been almost a year and a half. Um, With that being said, the lifestyle is definitely different in the sense that... You're wearing a watch now, aren't you? I'm wearing a watch, (laughs) goddammit. I'm wearing a watch again. (laughs) I'm back to that lifestyle. Yep. Welcome Um, to America. Get your watch on. Yeah. You got places to be. You know, (laughs) could not be happy. I'm making more money than ever. And it's, you know, I can't complain about that. Um, And it's giving me, it's very fortunate because not a lot, and not everyone in this country is able to do that. Um, But with that being said, uh, corporate world's been, uh, it's just a routine, man. It's not a bad routine. It's just a routine. And so there's definitely a lot of ups and downs and there's just, it's kind of the same at the end of the day because how I see it is, you know, happiness is going to come from within, right? So, you know, no matter where you are in the world, you, if, as long as you're happy from within, then you're going to be happy wherever you are. Traveling is not going to solve that issue per se. Um, but yeah, corporate life has been a great experience. I'm not mad about anything that I've done here. I'm proud of it, if anything. Um, but, you know, I might be leaving soon, and, and, and I'm excited to do that, too. You're going back for round two. I'm going back for round two. I, I decided to go back for round two, and I'm leaving my job at the end of February here, and I'm going to do six more months in Guam, and then it's time to go hit South America for... Are you doing the same program? I'm doing the same program in Guam. If anyone wants to come with, I got buddies that are out there now. Uh, I got buddies that were squatting up to go this time around, which is fun, because it's all about who you're with. Um, and if anyone wants to in the future, you know, f- feel free to reach out because it's an amazing program and it's a gateway to traveling because there's no bills. It's an amazing, it's an amazing opportunity where you're literally, you're traveling and you're, and you're not paying for anything. Let's take a moment of gratitude because that's a beautiful thing. Amazing. I'm so lucky to have that sit in my lap and been able to experience it. And all I had to do is say yes. And you know, it's nerve wracking. That first plane ride out there, I'm just like. Uh, where am I going? Where is Guam? Does anyone actually know who's listening to this? Deep, where Guam deep is? in the Pacific, right? <laughs> yeah, it's about five hours from Hawaii, middle of nowhere, the Tone Island. There's actually a chain of islands out there that no one ever heard of, like Sapa and Saipan and 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 those and Ritidian, I think, as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a U.S. territory. It's a U.S. territory. It's mainly a military base. Um, we have U.S. has it for a strategic reason for military. Um, cause it's the close, it's a nice landmass close to the Asian and Russian continent. Um, but yeah, it's been a huge war place as well. Uh, from, you know, the Japanese used to, used to own it and now America owns it. Um, it's like a Puerto Rico situation out there. Interesting. It's an interesting spot. So let's dive deeper into life in Guam life because in Guam. you probably have a lot of, a, sto- a lot of stories that you can share from that experience. Probably that caused a lot of deep learning lessons. 
Yeah. Um, hmm. Guam was an amazing experience, and it's really just a adventure lifestyle. It's, you know, when you're not working, you're going to go to the, the next coolest waterfall and hike that for six hours, or you're going to go to these isolated beaches where it's never been touched, probably the clearest waters in the world that I've ever seen. And it's just you and your friends doing, you know, whatever you guys want to do. It's the island li- living lifestyle. It's very relaxed and easy. Um, but probably the coolest thing I found out there was was yoga, to be honest. Um, the program that you were in at the hotel, uh, they let you do free yoga. And so how I got introduced into yoga, I was an athlete, you know, back in the day. And now I'm a washed up athlete. But I was always thinking yoga was just... I don't know. It's too slow, and it's just stretching. There's like I'm a, trying there's to a lift. stereotype to yoga for sure. Definitely a stereotype to yoga. But I'm trying to get big. Let's let's not let <laughs> that get to our heads. I no, mean, I love yoga. Mm-hmm. All about it. Um, yeah. And so, can I give you this picture of where I got to start my yoga experience? Was at this hotel resort where it's like in some built-up Buddhist temple-looking thing with you know sh- sh- not shrines but pillars. And then you're on a nice floor, and then you're just looking out into the ocean. And you're just looking beach-esque outside into the, the beautiful... I feel like I've seen that in a poster or like, right? a, like, a, like a computer saver or something Well, like how that. I describe some of these places is I'm just your desktop... I've just been to these places where your desktop background is. That's how I kind of <laughs> describe it. <laughs> Shots fired at Shots the desktop. Shots fired. That's tough. But, you know, I got a desktop now, too, and I'm looking at all these places like, yeah, that's beautiful. I got to go back there and see it in person. <laughs> no, you should, definitely. <laughs> that's awesome. It's more fun to see it in person than just seeing it on your computer. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, man, yoga. I mean, dude, yeah, we could talk about yoga for days. It's I could like, get into yoga for a long time. It's a fact where you're, like, in a seating position – you're not doing anything else but stretching. And let me tell you, when you first start yoga, it is constantly, you know, take that watch off. But if there's a clock around, you're going to be looking at that clock f- for the first time, a couple times you're doing yoga, being like, when is this going to end? Because this is some kind of, this is kind of hard. It's hard. It's kind of hard. Really hard. And and you're sitting in these poses and you're just ca- kind of miserable and you're just like, ah, oh, this is tough and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, there's kind of that feeling. And then all of a sudden, you know, you just, you learn, your teachers are all going to keep telling you to live in the present. And you're just like, yeah, 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 live in the present. Whatever sure. that means, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cliche, nice. Yeah, well, sure. And then you realize <laughs> that, like, dude, you start breathing, you start breathing into these spots and your body can do some crazy things. Yeah. And it's all just with the flow of your breath, which is just, I know this sounds so cliche, but, like, it's true, people. <laughs> yeah no it's true it's i mean i'm at the point it's like i could touch my toes but like also palm my hands to the ground while i'm standing straight forward that's unbelievable for a dude let me just say for guys we are not flexible human beings yeah compared to women yeah and for you to be able to do that i'd say 90 percent of the world cannot do that <laughs> kudos to the ladies out there thanks for being flexible <laughs> it's beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful and it's a teaching moment too because if they can do it why can't we do it you know uh, yeah for sure and so for yeah sure. so I'm trying to do a split someday yeah that's the goal right yeah absolutely but yeah it's cool to do yoga and it, it's it's just interesting because what it teaches you is to really do live in the present and you meant you you realize that when you're just focusing on the task at hand which is as simple as you know getting to touch your toes you eventually, it takes time to get there, but you eventually do get there, right? And yeah. it's just teaching you, I feel like, to, in anything in life, like, you get out of that studio, try to live in the present, whatever you're doing, because, I mean, what the hell is anxiety? Anxiety is just a bunch of conspiracy theories in your head, isn't it not? Like, 
That's a good point. You know, when you're saying being present, I think that's a tough challenge because obviously we can apply this to yoga, but let's apply it to like a more real world application because there's only so many hours of the day people are doing yoga. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say we're at work. Yeah. And you're there, but you're really not there. Yeah. And that's that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think if you're more engaged and you really like what you're doing, you're passionate about it, you'll be more present than not. But I mean, we all have those kind of days. What do you do to stay to stay present in, in challenging opportunities? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's two different ways we can go down this road. Essentially, is one is are are we talking more about being nervous for something that's going on, or are do we want to go down the road of you know we're kind of here but we don't want to be here, and how do we stay you know happy in that moment? Well, I think if you're somewhere where you really don't want to be, you should probably take a second look at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're not happy doing what you're doing. Hundred percent. Even if the money's good, I'm telling you, you'll be ha- it'll be so relieving to get out of there for sure but let's say if you're nervous i think that's more applicable uh-huh i i mean dude i'll speak from experience i'm i'd like walk into some pretty intimidating meetings of course with some high level people at you know hospitals that have been there probably forever and you're new to the situation directors vps mm-hmm. you know like established here, here we are 20 in the early no time. credibility no credibility <laughs> and now here i am trying to persuade someone to do something yeah yeah, that's tough. That's challenging. That's going to be nerve-wracking as hell, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, All your heart time. starts racing. It is what it is, right? So, I mean, what yoga teaches me is is that you cannot control any situation except how you react to things. And so, when you... Our ner- all these nerves are is means you do care. So it's naturally to have nerves at some point. Your heart should race a little bit because that means you actually care about it, which is beautiful, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you get deep in that anxiety mode and just start getting scared, it's really take your breath, take a couple breaths, really do it. As, as again, cliche as that sounds, step in. I could teach you guys some breathing exercises that really help, which also sounds ridiculous. But at the end of the day, it's realizing that you can't control what questions they're going to ask you. You have no idea. You can prepare as much as you want. But at the end of the day, you either know and know how to answer that question or you don't. And you take pride into knowing both not knowing the answer and knowing the answer. Because it, if you're just confident and you know the answer, then good. You did what you did. But if you don't know the answer to their questions, you say, all right, well, I'm going to learn something today. Right? And I don't know. It's just you got you to gotta just take every situation as you don't know what's going to happen. You have all these conspiracy theories in your head that might happen. And it might go wrong or it might go great. It doesn't, you don't know until it actually happens to you. And probably 95% of the time, it ends up being okay. Yeah. Right? We're all here. <laughs> We're all, I guarantee after every stressful situation I've been in through work or anybody's really been in, I guarantee yeah. like meeting's over, stressful experience is over. All right, I'm still alive. I'm yeah. Still, still doing my thing. And we don't want to live through life. All right, next, let's get to the next stressful situation. Like why live a life like that? That's just, That's sounds true. stressful on your heart. Damn. So, okay. Everybody should go travel and do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's the, that's, that's the difference is I'm not saying traveling helped that at all. It helped me find it a little bit just because I was out there with no schedule. And so you kind of learn, I don't know, you learn that, again, there's a difference between vacation and traveling. Yeah. And so there's life skills of like, you're trying to just survive out there. Like, it's not like you have a gun pointed to you, but there's just these situations that you're just, you know, you're in a foreign country and you have no idea what you're doing and you stick out like a sore thumb and you just feel like a target. That's and, true. And you're not. So but, if you're in these foreign areas... Mm-hmm definitely outside of your comfort zone 100 percent. like how did you break the ice in those uncomfortable situations yeah i mean just throwing yourself in there i think and and what that did i guess was traveling is you're throwing yourself into the, the most uncomfortable situations because you know you have these 
you get nervous for, let's say, um, you know, you get nervous for these meetings, right? But at the end of the day, you're going to get through these meetings um, and you'll be all right. But out there, your only option is survival. So you're trying to learn how to not die at the end of the day. <laughs> and so it's much more pressure of, 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 uh, of learning, I guess. Let's pause this real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I got to feed my meter. All right. We're going to do take two. We had to go feed the meter. Classic San Francisco, am I right? Classic San Francisco. You got to pay for everything. Pay for everything. Parking was running out. You had to circle the block how many times? Circle the block 800 times. Find a parking space. And then you only go get get more gas. Only get two hours. (laughs) And my phone went off. They're like, oh, God damn it. You want a ticket or you want to go out there and feed the meter? Oh, we're feeding that damn meter. All day. All day. I've had my fair share of tickets. It's not not fun. Not Not today, Mrs. Officer. (laughs) Not today. Oh, man. Love that. Well, touching on being present in stressful environments, I don't think it gets... It's it's one of those things where it's easier said than done. But I think one that comes with practice to the point where... You know, it's like seeking discomfort. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, you'll become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. And it, I feel like that has a lot to do with the being present in stressful environments. Yeah. And another point in that, too, is we were talking about stressful environments into the everyday life, not tra- you know, traveling. You're just trying to sur- survive and make sure that you live to the next day. As ridiculous as that sounds, it's not war, but like. You know, there's just those pressures. You're on your own. You're on your own in the middle of nowhere. No one's speaking your language. So good luck. Figure it out. Did you deal with a lot of uh, language barriers? A lot of language barriers out there, um, for sure. But you know what? The best thing I learned was you give what you get, and most humans are good, you know? And they're they're willing to help. And so, you know, you you stay patient, they stay patient, and, and you get to the end result, which is, you know, ordering some food <laughs> you know something as basic as that and that's true and and to touch on the fact that most humans are just good people i i 100 percent agree with that i think mm-hmm. media news outlets they they put a they put a stereotype on people being bad people because that's all they talk about and that's all you hear on the well, TV. that's all you see in the media exactly so one that's wrong um and two reflecting on a story that you shared earlier and and obviously you can dive into it more in detail than i could but you you had quite the accident on a moped in in Indonesia. So here you are. You're in a foreign country. You probably don't know the native language. You may know no, a few I, words here and there. And you, I think you said you were like two hours outside of your hostel city area. Yep, yep. I can dive into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Take it away. Yeah. So I was in Indonesia on an island called Lombok. Um, cool island. A lot going on there. Um, however. Took the day and, you know, classic day while traveling. What should we wake up? What should we do? I think I was luckily with a friend at the time, and which you always are, but I was with this particular friend, and we said, what should we do today? Oh, let's go to Monkey Forest. Oh, okay, that sounds cool. So take a moped, and you go, you know, three hours to get to wherever you need to go. Um, you know, it's a beautiful scene out there, and, and looked, into the, looked into the ocean a little bit too long, and uh, this, the truck in front of me decided to halt on the brakes, and I could not stop fast enough and so uh you know classic me being ignorant as can be was wearing flip-flops bathing suit tank top no helmet going 40 miles an hour and uh totally skidded the whole thing um bike went over and luckily kept my head up but completely had road rash throughout everywhere and was bleeding and actually went into shock a little bit (laughs) 
And so Damn. it it's it, painful just to listen to. <laughs> it hurt. Um it gave me a new appreciation for life for sure because that was imagine. a life uh that was a life living moment, right? That was a moment where I easily could have died if not been paralyzed. I would imagine. And Yeah, that was tough. So you fell. So yeah, so I f- let's get back to the point here. I fall and we're in the middle of nowhere. Luckily again I'm with an English speaking friend. Um, who kind of helps me out a little bit, make sure I'm all right. I get up, nothing's broken, at least I can feel. I'm just kind of bleeding everywhere. And make sure my bike's on their side. And luckily, I happen to crash. This is literally, let me paint the picture. We're on an island in the middle of nowhere. Like, there is, happens to be a pop-up stand with an old lady and her family that probably no one has bought anything at for, I don't even know how long. It was just, they were just there. This lady did not speak a lick of English. But could see that I was in pain, right? And this is obviously an extreme example, but she just tried to get the aloe vera off the tree and kind of treat me. And she was trying to help in any way that she could. We were not speaking a word to each other. And it was just, she was there just to try to help me. And, you know, she wasn't doing, you know, she wasn't a freaking doctor. Like she wasn't helping me all that much, but it didn't matter. She was trying to help me a little bit. And that was, it was just a beautiful, it was, it was beautiful to have help in a time of where I was completely isolated from from any family yeah and and you were isolated to the point where you didn't know i mean obviously you had your friend there but Mm -hmm. you know you reach out a hand someone's gonna grab it and help you out people care people like when you're in a dire situation people at the end of the day care even though you know you're in your car and you're honking at the next person they're honking at you back um and you know you might exchange words or whatnot but for the end of the day like people don't want to see other people in pain and and they're there to help no And, and you know what's interesting is because we live in san francisco Obviously, a very overpopulated part of the country. Oh, God. And here, people are viewed as a commodity. (laughs) There's too many of us, right? There's too many of us. If if you guys don't want to come, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not going to go stop myself on the sidewalk to talk shop with some random person on the sidewalk. Especially in San Francisco, because you'll find some characters. (laughs) You'll find some characters, for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But where I was getting with that that, was, like, if you were in a remote part of Indonesia Mm -hmm. off a random island... Mm -hmm. You're not viewed as a commodity because there's less of people. There's less people out there, mm-hmm. so I think that's why people are friendlier in the smaller parts of the country. But especially out there, they're a lot more willing to help, and 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 do what's necessary and what's right when people are in need. Where in here in America, especially here in a dense populated city like San Francisco, mm-hmm. like yeah, I'll see a homeless person on every other block, but how many times do I actually do something about it? Uh huh. Probably. Really, I mean, I mean, to be honest, really never. Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. Every once in a while, I'll give a dollar out, but not. Yeah, if I have food all day, go have as much food as I can give you. Yeah, for sure. But that's it's hard to give out there, and it's also, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just, there's also too many, for that specific example, there's a lot of homeless people out here. If I gave, if I tried to help every homeless person, I'm not even helping myself at this point. And that goes back to the point of just, there's t- a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, what do we do with this population? But yeah, out there, there's just less less human interaction. And so when you do have that human intera- interaction, it's just... You cherish a, it a little bit A more. little bit more friendlier. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. So, all right. And at what point was that in your trip? Was that like at the very end? So you healed and you're like, all right, I got to go home. Or... Was that like in the beginning and now you're like, fuck, I just hurt myself and now I'm here for a while? That was in the middle of my trip, actually. So I started in the Philippines and then from the Philippines, I was planning on going to Thailand after and then I was on, this sounds so fake. I was on some, what did we do during the day? We're going island hopping on these boats and this guy that I met 
was just like, dude, you got to go check out Indonesian Bali. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And then, you know, 20, 30 minutes later after that conversation, he convinced me. And so, you know, you have the freedom out there where everything's so cheap and it's just, I ended up going to Indonesia. And so, uh, it was in the middle of my trip that that happened. Um, but I want to remind everyone that this small story was, and there's a much bigger picture. There was, there was constantly throughout my trip, I have hundreds of stories that can tell you that people were out there trying to help me. And it, it's pretty amazing how that works out. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Good people. Man, good people are good out there. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then to tie it back, you, you came back here and, and now we, we were comparing life there versus life here. Yeah, we were. Have you taken any particular like way of life out on the the vagabond way of living yeah. versus yeah. life here and, and maybe took it to application here in, in the the routine life here yeah like, it's a different that's that was a little question. redundant question but <laughs> I, I was I don't know. We'll yeah see you know see what you learned out there and bring it back here yeah and try to help your lifestyle as best as you can um yeah the the, the big answer is yes the short answer is yes um the way i did that is you know, trying to see things in a big picture um, is probably the best thing I did because we were talking about getting anxiety before, you know, a big meeting or, you know, just those natural anxieties you have during the day to have the pressure of either selling something or what whatever you need to do in your job. And at the end of the day, you realize that, you know, big picture, we're all humans and we're all going to die at one point, right? So no matter what, I don't know where I'm going with this, but no matter what's going on, this, we're getting deep. this specific situation that you're in that you have anxiety about is really just so minuscule to everything that's going on that you should try to just step out of that and look at the big picture i don't know where i don't know i don't want to get too deep with you guys because we can go on a three-hour conversation about it <laughs> easily <laughs> and i don't think anyone wants to talk to us about that listen to us that long oh man <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you're right you're absolutely right yeah it's just looking at big picture and trying to realize that humanity as a whole is we're all just trying to live our best life at the end of the day right and just be happy and so yeah you know you come out here you come back to america and there's just a lot of differences going on but you know you just try to be a good human being and just try to be kind to everyone and it's as simple as just putting on an internal smile just putting if you just smile at someone you're gonna get a response like you know someone will maybe will probably smile back at you and if you don't then it, it, it's Something's whatever. Something's probably going in that person's head. Yeah, you have to understand that there's, yeah, everyone's going through their own Two challenges. Two sides to every kind of situation. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you, which I think is interesting, is, all right, so you, you took this, this crazy trip for an extended period of time, mm. and that comes at an opportunity cost of making money here in America. 100%. How did you deal with that? Um, The first time around, so there's two different ones. The first time around is I have to say, could not be any luckier in the situation that we were in or I was in coming from the University of Arizona. First of all, very lucky to go to a school like that. Secondly, I was one of very few people in this country that don't have student debt. So could not thank my parents more. I could not be more grateful for my parents, even though at the time, you know, you treat your parents kind of, you know, how you treat them. But, you know, hey, didn't shout appreciate out to mom it. and dad. We love you. Shout out to mom and dad. I can't tell it to your face, but every time I talk to you about you, I love you. Hey, you got you to gotta <laughs> look them in the eyes and say it, man. It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I luckily did not. I graduated with zero debt. So, you know, unlike most people in this country, even though there's a very select few of us, I came into the world, into the real world, quote unquote, with zero dollars to my name, but no negative balance to my name. 
this job in Guam specifically, again, no bills out there. So I saved around $9,000 and then I went to Southeast Asia, which happens to be the cheapest part of the world. And you can live off, you know, $40, $50 a day and have a really amazing day and have a really, and, and that's the lifestyle. 40 to 50 a day. Yeah. I thought like way less. Um, no, realistically, if you want to do like, you can live way less, but you also want to do fun activities out there. You don't want to yeah. just be out there living and just trying to eat every day and just do nothing all day. Right. That's You're trying true, to yeah. do stuff. You don't want to just be bored. And yeah. so I thought like a meal out there is like, it is. But so essentially, uh, no, I wish it was 30 cents. It could be as low as it could be as low as like 90 cents for a solid meal. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're living the hostel life, you're living anywhere between five to $15 a night for for an, a hostel which sadly i did the math in san francisco and my rent i'm paying 89 dollars a night here so there's that cost of living cut um from there we go to hold food. on let's let's <laughs> let's sink that let's that's let that tough so, let's don't let guys don't, in. don't rent don't do your rent and divide it by 30 because you're not going to want you're not going to like that number i haven't done that equation in my head yet don't do either. it i don't want to <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> 89 bucks. I'm paying $89 a night to live in this city. That's put a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. That's not cheap. Yeah, it's more than most of the country, but, you know, it's all relative, and it's still, rent is not, rent's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> We're as young folks learning that quickly here. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. All <laughs> Sorry. Right. To, to, to the 5 to 10 to $15 a day. For living, for a place to sleep in a bed with a shower and stuff, and it's really not, hostels sound grimy, they're really not. No, I've stayed at a hostel before, they're awesome. They're awesome, and you know, like, it sounds gross. I can only gross, do it for it, so a, long. Yeah, it's a little dirty, you can only do it for, yeah. for so long. It's not a lifestyle with that is maintainable. $89 a night, you, you get the sense I like of, my own room. of having standards and all. I do like my own room, I like sleeping on a couch. I also like being walking around my house barefoot. That's kind of a nice thing to do. I walk around my house naked, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, that, that's luxury. All of these things are, yeah, it's luxury. It's yeah. literally luxury that we take for granted every day. Man. <laughs> I mean, at the hostel, you, you meet a lot of cool people. You meet a lot of cool people, but at the end of the day, you're still in a bed. You know, you're in your bunk bed, and you got, you know, whether it be six or 20 other people in the same room. And so that's true. You got your travelers that are doing good stuff, but then, you know, you got the classic traveler that's drinking every night. And so they're coming home at four in the morning and there's some annoying stories that, you know, happen and they don't care who you are or whatnot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you don't get much, much sleep. I was in Paris one time <laughs> and we stayed in the hostel and there's like 20 people in one room, one room. And it's it wasn't lot. like a... This wasn't like a, a cool hostel either. It wasn't like one where travelers go to. The beds might be squeaky every time. No, yeah. I mean, they're like the locals. Like if you couldn't afford a place to live on your own, you'd stay at the hostel. Jeez. And it was a place like that. And dude, it was just grimy. It was gross. There's mm-hmm. just like not young travelers, backpackers around there at all. Mm-hmm. I slept with my shoes on. Ugh. I like... That's the thing. That, that's the thing well, I missed the most. I think it was I slept with my shoes on for one reason because we were leaving that day to go to Barcelona. Love that city. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And I didn't want anything at risk of getting stolen. And we woke up like I got like maybe an hour and a half of sleep. Yeah, dipped out real quick. <laughs> head to the airport, and then the difference between traveling and and vacationing there. You're pretty tired. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Stressful. Could be. Yeah. It could be. But yeah, it's just, I mean, coming home and being barefoot in my shower was a great experience. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, that too. I was like, geez, this, I missed this. This was six months of 
you know you could be barefoot but you're gonna get dirty again real quick it's just nice to have clean 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 floors cleansiness yeah <laughs> cleansiness. No, yeah i mean talk about a luxury for sure so simple yeah <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> conversations like these are, are dangerous honestly because i think if anyone's listening to this you might want to go quit your job and do something similar because if you aren't thinking that at this given moment then you're lying to yourself because i am <laughs> for sure now you're you're doing it again, round two. You're round going two. back to Guam. Holy hell! How did you make that happen? How can how can people like myself who have this itch for traveling all the time, but put it in the back of the agenda for the dumbest reasons? Mm-hmm. How can people make a life like that a reality? Um, step uh, that's a tough question, but step one is going to be fri- trying to figure out that you know essentially the only thing that's stopping you after you get rid of financial problems is is essentially just the idea of moving up the corporate ladder and trying to get, you know, I don't want to take six months off of where I am because I'm going to lose all the progress that I've been making in my career and that strive. That's probably the hardest realization to get rid of is... Yeah, no, that's a reality. Is a reality of... And for you sure. are going to be losing some some steps in there, for sure. But it's just how you look at it as, you know, you, f- you there's this natural pressure to stay in this and to keep getting higher and higher, but... Once you realize that, what are you what are you really working towards? Like you, you you're working towards getting a lot of money, and then and let's put this situational because there's a lot of people out there who are working to support family. Could not agree more. This is talking to a very specific group of people that are not in debt, have the healthy of families where I don't have to take care of anyone in my family personally to with their health. They're all pretty healthy. This is a very small amount of people that are allowed to do this. Yeah. I want to bring that to perspective for sure. Yeah. But I there's mean, a lot of us that can I, do I it. I feel like people wouldn't even necessarily have to not be in debt either. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's also categorizing you a don't. certain amount yeah. of people. But y- you don't. Um, well, I don't have bills out there. So really, you could just live in Guam and you're actually going to pay all your debt off easier than you will be here. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But, but yeah, yeah the, I could see that being a roadblock. But yeah. c- continue. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is getting he- getting rid of the idea that you know, you can quit what you're doing. And this, these jobs are always going to be here. Um, as hard as it is to synchronize that into your life is just to understand that America's running. So like, if you ever want to get back into corporate, like accept the fact that you might have to stop, you start, you know, two notches down from where you left off, but, but you can, but, and you're taking a step back from that, but it's totally doable and you're going to end up enjoying exactly what you're doing and you're going to reflect and at the end of the day the big picture is you know i could see i this last year flew by this routine of going to the office every day flew by not mad about it enjoyed my life enjoying the weekends here but i don't want to wake up in 20 years and say okay i made all this money and it was great but you know what are my memories that i lived in this life and so i want the idea that I'm trying to do that now. I'm trying to get these memories in as much as I can before I have any responsibilities of a family or, or a girlfriend or any of that stuff. And so it's really like when I f- reflect on my life, I just think about all these stories of traveling and that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And so you're going to get all these things and and you're not going to regret a single decision once you're out there. Man. <laughs> I don't want you to quit your hope job. My boss isn't listening to this. You're telling me they don't even know, <laughs> they don't even know that I'm quitting in February. Oh man! <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't go too viral. Uh, I hope not. I hope it does, but I hope not. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this thing going. <laughs> no, my if my boss is listening, I'm not quitting my job. <clears throat> Disclaimer. Disclaimer. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. It's hard to get fired in California too. Luckily, you can't get fired for no reason here. 
That's true. A lot of <laughs> HR issues going on. A lot of HR issues up in the Bay. Yeah. <laughs> um, damn. Okay. But yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's that, you know, it's taking that step of realizing that, you know, you're going to lose a couple notches in your career path. Um, but you know, unless you're really passionate about something and starting your own business or whatever job line that you're in today, as long as you're passionate about it and you wake up kind of, kind of excited to go to work, it's pretty cool. I don't think a lot of people can live like that. And, and if you did find something like that, congratulations. That's no matter what you're doing, if you're happy, that's awesome. Yeah. That's no, awesome. I think what makes, I mean, like I can only relate it to myself cause I don't know what my listeners do for the living. Of course. If I. I, I I hope I have listeners. Let's just put that out there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I mean, dude, yeah, I wake up with like, there's like a sense of like, I gotta, I gotta overcome this challenge mm-hmm. and it's exciting. It's enjoyable. And it's, it's accomplishing. Real, it's accomplishing. And like, I can go home at the end of the day and reflect like, fuck yeah, I did that shit. I did mm-hmm. it well. Mm-hmm. I accomplished today's task. And, well. and that's, that's, that's a, gratifying feeling it is a gratifying feeling yeah. and if you have that then keep going like don't if it's, you enjoy that it's always one of those like grass is greener on the other side type the grass is always greener on the other side and the reason for that is because again your happiness comes from within <laughs> so true. you know if you kind of look for anyone else to get that happiness there's mistake number one whether that be a girlfriend a boyfriend a, any anyone a friend you're looking into someone else to provide a happiness that's in your head and that's not going to happen. So grass is always greener on the other side. That's and true. And traveling does not solve that, let me tell you. That's true. Did you have, yeah, no, touching on grass is greener. Mm-hmm. If you were out there and you're like, oh, man, I'm living this dream life. I'm traveling. I'm going from island to island. Mm-hmm. I'm living on $15 a day. Like, mm-hmm. this is beautiful. I'm meeting the most beautiful people. I'm making so much great friendships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Did you think back? like, oh, what am I missing out at home always and social media doesn't help because everyone has time for social media God damn social media you know it's a great it's a great idea though it's it it lets me connect to all my friends no matter where and i get to have we're going to be the first generation let me just say that you know you have high school friends that you may or may not talk to still i happen to still talk to my high school friends yeah but i'm going to have the ability to call them whenever and connect with them until I'm 90, you know, however years old we are, which our parents were not able to do. You're only going to get more connected. We're only going to get more connected, even though we're also getting more isolated by getting more connected. But we don't need to go down that path. <laughs> you use social media the right way, and it's going it, to, all it really is, is just making an easier way to communicate with your friends that you don't live near. That's true. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. That is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far down that path, and I'm already yeah, that, forgetting where we are going with that's this. That's a rabbit hole. It's okay. <laughs> That is a rabbit hole we don't need to dive into. Um, yeah. yeah, man. But yeah, figuring out what was that question we were trying to figure out. I just grass is always greener on the other end, mm-hmm. on the other side. So the first time around for that specific one was the first time around is I was this is before I had a corporate job, and so I always felt the pressure out there of you know I'm doing this fun stuff, but I'm not living in the present. I'm really still thinking about the future, and I'm seeing all these friends and family members that are having successful careers already, even though they're straight out of college or whatnot. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do after this? And I was constantly thinking that. And, you know, that was, you know, not always, I guess. But, you know, you it goes in the back of your mind every once in a while. And so the grass is greener. I kind of came home excited to get in the workforce and, and make some money and, and live this life that everyone was living too. Like, there was some excitement into that as well. And yeah. now I'm going back for round two. You well, know. It's it's cool that you got both sides of the story. Yeah, you, and you experienced them both. Yeah, you know, and you really the pressure. Like. Yeah, the pressure in that is really just realizing that the happiness is is wherever you are from within. 
you know it's it's really like you don't yeah the whole point is to understand that wherever you are in the world whether it be here or you're traveling doing fun stuff you're going to be doing fun stuff no matter where you are that's so true. It's really finding that within yeah that's awesome yeah. let's uh let's dive into some rapid fire questions as, it. as we conclude love that um first question if obviously i feel like you were you were on this this journey abroad to find yourself find your passion mm-hmm. and and you're, you it led you to the path to continue doing that mm-hmm. and in the pursuit of that i feel like you had to seek out outside resources mm. whether it was a podcast whether it was a book if you can recommend a book or or any kind of resource whether it was a podcast a movie or anything to a friend or gift something to a friend that helped you that put an impression on you what what would it be Oh man, that's a good question. Um, something that's inspiration. A book that first comes to mind is something called Tribe. It's a small, f- I think it's a hundred page book. Couldn't tell you who the author is, but the book is called Just Tribe. Okay. And the book is really about the difference between Western society. Um, really, it's all about community, and it's just going through the difference between what Western society was doing um, compared to. You know, Native Americans and different different societies. It goes through pretty much all the different societies in the world. And it kind of just figures out who the happiest people are and why. And it tries to get into that. And at the end of the day, it's really about the community and, and feeling important within your community. A sense of belonging. A sense of belonging, feeling essentially. Significant. Yeah. And so there's that book called Tribe. And then there's also another podcast, um, Russell Brand does some interesting podcasts. Russell, the comedian? The comedian Russell Brand is now a philosopher. Um, he does something called Under the Skin, which I've been re- listening to a lot. And really? And it just gives you a different perspective on, um, you know, Danielle Butterly actually put this in her podcast, is Fighting Fire with Fire. And they just, it, it's just an interesting idea of just, we got to look at things differently. We got to step out of this and start looking and solving because we're really repeating ourselves with everything we do. And so Russell Brand does a really good job on bringing guests in that really just look at things of, you know, what if, this sounds crazy, but what if we reacted to 9-11 without war? You know, we always react to war with war, which is just, this is a whole nother rabbit hole, but, you know, what if we reacted with peace? What, what would what would happen? You know, and it kind of just goes down towards that whole thing of just, of just we're always repeating ourselves and and we need to look at different angles and just at least look at different perspectives when you even say if you don't agree with it. Always repeating yourselves is that personal or is that within history like a history. macro level? History. Okay, that makes sense for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. All right, tribe. Mm-hmm. Tribe. Put it in the bank. I'm Put buying it. it on Amazon. <laughs> Quick read, 100 pages. Quick read. Yeah, you can knock that out. Yeah. All right, next question. I enjoy asking this question. If you were to host a dinner party mm-hmm. and you can invite anybody cook any food who would it be what are you making and why i wish i was a good cook that would be a start so i'd probably i probably wouldn't be the one cooking it but you know mm, that's that's a good question um it's either gonna be you know i'm still a sports lover so god damn it i love kobe bryant and i would love to see have a dinner with kobe bryant um just because of his mentality and how he lives and how he's a it's just incredible um but if it wasn't Jeez, if it wasn't Kobe Bryant, it would be probably some sort of philosopher, maybe like a Freudian, maybe someone like George Washington even too. That'd be be epic. Just to understand the lifestyle and just have a conversation with them. Um, 
I've never really thought about this question all that much because it's it's I can't control that ever happening. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, that's you why know? that's why it's in the rapid fire question category. Yeah, I feel that. What would I eat? Mexican food. Love Mexican food. You love George me some Washington, burritos. Kobe Bryant with Mexican food. Yeah, that'd be a, <laughs> that'd, that'd be a be great a table. Party. That'd be a party. <laughs> wow, interesting. All right, um, last question. So we're gonna bring it back to the premise of the podcast. This is called Only Half the Story for two reasons. First reason, my last name is Haft. Just it fits right in. Life was supposed to work out like that. Exactly. And reason number two, we're interviewing and having conversations with passionate people who are in the pursuit of achieving their goals and dreams. I Mm -hmm. think too often we listen to these podcasts, radio shows, talk shows, whatever you want to call it, and the featured guest is someone who's put on a pedestal. Studs. They're studs. They made it. They have this grand story to tell on how they got there. Lucky. Well, I want to reverse engineer that concept and pick out the tangible steps people are taking as they pursue their goals and dreams. Mm -hmm. So with that being said... Grant, thank you so much for being on Only Half the Story podcast. It means the world. And to touch it off, the final question, how do you want to put your stamp on the universe? Appreciate that. Appreciate you having me. And my final stamp is really, you know, we're out here with one life on this meal school. You know, Earth is, is always going to be rotating for as long as we live. And so I'm trying to have as much fun as possible while staying happy from within. And so my stamp is live life every day like there's no tomorrow. And I'm not saying go to the extreme and jump. But God, just have fun and just and just understand that all these worries are all in your head and just try to just enjoy the moment as best you can and see where life takes you because you don't get to control that. And so have a great time. Cheers to that. Cheers. Thank you once again. It's been a pleasure. Much appreciated. And there you have it, chapter 25. Put it in the bank with the one and only Grant Shapiro. If you are feeling this podcast and you are digging this episode, please, please, please like, subscribe, share this with the universe. You know what? Even better, take a screenshot of this episode, post it to your Instagram story, tag me at Andrew Haft, tag Grant at GShap18, and let's get the word out there. This is Only Half the Story Podcast. My name is Andrew Haft, and we will see you next time.